Do you want us to keep producing the best VCU men's basketball podcast out there? If so, there's a way you can help. If you enjoy this show, please consider donating to help us pay for the cost of making it available. You can do so by using the PayPal link in the description of the podcast or on social media sites where we post it. Even a small donation would help. Thanks in advance, and go Rams! Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. Ladies and gentlemen, VCU is on the march. Dun 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 Yes, play the Jaws theme music because VCU is now coming. These, the real VCU, you saw it tonight. And yes, you're going to sit here and say, oh, it was only St. Louis. Well, only St. Louis led Dayton on the road at halftime and only lost by five. Uh, Mitch McGuire, you said you're ready for VCU and Dayton. I kind of am too, but let's, 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 get, let's bank some more wins before we do that. Daniel Carter just says Bamisil, and it really is where you want to start. You know, there's been that we talked about this on the pod in midweek with Ed Nixon and Matt Shelton Eyed uh, um, tonight about you know what should they do with the starting lineups, and Ed Nixon made a great case for for Joe Bamisil coming off the bench because he's instant offense. And now for you younger listeners to this pod, if there are any of you, I'm gonna throw a name out that will be unfamiliar to you, but to certain to people of my age or older, you're going to know exactly who I'm talking about. And I'm talking about none other than Vinny Johnson. Vinny Johnson was nicknamed the microwave because he'd come off the bench for those bad boy Detroit Pistons that won back-to-back NBA titles, and he was instant offense. And that's what Joe Bamisil is, and that's where things are happening. Uh, Ryan Thompson, I like Jason Nelson starting too. I mean, it's going to be an interesting situation because, you know, Ed Nixon made made the case that he likes to have Zeb starting, especially for the slashing things, and he thinks he's better as a starter, and he likes Nelson's spark off the bench. But it, but I'll tell you, Jason Nelson had a great start with the six points. And he just handled things well, except for when he got his thumb hurt, basically. Um, and I and I thought Jason Nelson was excellent tonight. He ends up 13 points on only six shots. Why? Because he got to the foul line eight times. Has a couple of assists. And, and let's talk about this, too. Nine turnovers, and that's it. They only had two in the first half. You know, it was amazing that they only led by 10 at halftime tonight. And Bruce Stevenson, that is the other big story. We have criticized Max Shulga and his defensive efforts so often tonight. Max Shulga tonight on defense was fantastic. This is Gibson Jimerson, who played 35 minutes, two points, one from three from the field, 0 for one from three, three rebounds, two assists, one turnover. Now, you got to understand something. 
Gibson Jimerson is a really smart, high IQ player. So he's not just going to force this like, like a lot of other guys would. Max Shulga was stuck to him like glue. Obviously, I mean, you don't need to look at it. You don't need to look at a scout, much, many scouting reports or watch much film to know what Gibson Jimerson's all about. And they were not going to let him, they were not going to let him shoot them. Basically, they weren't going to let him do what they did, what he did to them in that final game of the season in St. Louis when VCU was going for a regular season title on the number one seed and Jimerson hit a bunch of threes. That wasn't happening tonight, and it didn't happen tonight. Absolutely outstanding from him. Uh, uh, yeah, and Shoga was a beast tonight, Bob Cornoye. Absolutely right. Other people have been saying it, like you, Brian Mahanwiti. Most complete game of the season? Yes, 100%. Um, and look, look at this second half. Look at this beautiful second half from VCU. 15 of 28 from the field. 7 of 12 from 3, 12 of 14 from the foul line, 9 assists on 15 made field goals with only 7 turnovers. Mwah! That is beautiful. That is everybody playing together. And, of course, some a lot of that is Joe Bamisil. He had 18 in the second half, 6 threes, some of which one of, one of them that hit every part of the back rim and then fell in. It's like when you're hot, you're hot. And, look, Early in the half, Joe Bamisil takes two quick trigger threes and bricks them both. But when he gets the ball and he can set his feet, my goodness, you think it's going in every time. And in fact, in the second half, it went in every time. Holy mother of God, it was unbelievable. And again, drive and kick game. Shulga did that a couple different times tonight among his three assists in the second half. He drove and kicked to Bamisil, who banged a three, and then he did the same thing to Kawani Kawani, who banged a three. And that is what it's all about with VCU. VCU can be a great three-point shooting team if it's ball going inside, ball then getting passed out to an open guy. That is how VCU is a great three-point shooting team. And let's go back to something else we've talked about. We're always worried about the ratio of threes, 54 field goals tonight, 23 threes. So, again, about 40%, 60-40-2s to threes. Fantastic. Toby was amazing tonight. All of you have been saying that. Let me get to that tonight. Toby, uh, you know, only the two points. But he gets five boards, one assist. He had three blocks. And I think he's going to end up with four for the night. No, he only ended up with three. But he had them all in the first half, and they set a tone. And here's the thing. They had seven blocks. You know what you didn't see them do? They weren't gambling. They weren't – Toby wasn't going for blocks. He was coming with the help defense, and bam. No, St. Louis is not a good team, Darren Grimes, but let me say this. They didn't have Brad Ezzawiro because of the same reason we didn't have Joe Bamisil. They had guys that were, that, that were ruled eligible hours before the season started. And Sincere Parker broke his foot down in that tournament uh, at Myrtle Beach. And then they missed him for several weeks, basically the same way we missed Sean Bearstow. With those two guys, they're a much better team. Now, I know it didn't seem like it tonight, but they gave Dayton all they could handle in that game. And they came from 23 down against St. Joe's to win. So, yeah, Darren Grimes, Travis Ford is in trouble. He deserves to be. But let's be honest. 
they haven't had all their horses either. And I'll tell you this, I hope it's not us, but somebody, some big name team is going to go to that Chaffetz Arena and get, get bit on the rear end this year. You know, because they've played some good games, St. Louis. At NC State, they were right in that game at NC State. So, you know, that's that's one thing. They're not they're not a good team on paper. And yes, Doug Hines and, and Darren Grimes, Travis Ford's getting a lot of money. That's why one of the guy, one of the Billikens guys I follow on Twitter wants him gone, and I don't blame him. I don't blame him because this is year eight or nine, and they haven't beaten a ranked team, and they haven't, you know, they they their record against VCU and Dayton is terrible. They, all of that's true, but they got some excuses this year, and they're going to get somebody. Somebody is going to fall in that trap. Somebody's going to fall in that trap at the Chaffetz Arena and go down. I just hope it's not us. Uh, Chris Conway, you know, I was listening to the radio thing, and I was following some other chatter, and apparently 2000's night was a damn hit at the stew. And apparently when Soldier Boy was played, that's when the whole crowd went crazy. So I love that. Is Barristow off the hot seat with his better play? Mostly Mike Urbanski, because, again, defensively, there's still some question marks, but you got to love this from Sean Barristow. Finally, getting all the way to the rim and finishing, that is what we've been waiting for. How long have we wanted that so badly? You know, to see him go coast to coast like that and jam it. I'm telling you, I saw if I saw one highlight of that on him, uh, with Barristow on YouTube, I saw 10. When we when we did the when we did the um when we did the pod talking with the guy who's the director of basketball over over there in, in Australia. You know, he talked about that. So it was frustrating in the first half when we saw him make a great move to the basket, try one of them damn layups and miss again. It was brutal. But seeing that now, I wonder if it's just a confidence that he has it, and now maybe we'll see it more. Also, let's say, again, you know, no Zeb. You, you had you – had, um, Nelson was out injured for some of the game. So, Sean Bairstow gets you six assists. Six assists, no turnovers. You're never going to have a problem with that, are you? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Absolutely wonderful. Uh, there's just, again, in a game like this, you just uh, you just love the efforts. They were behind at halftime, I think, on rebounding, if, um, if memory serves. Yeah, they were minus four in the first half in rebounds. And in the second half, they're plus 10 on the backboard, 19 to 9. Isn't that fantastic? Isn't that wonderful? And after, you know, the only things that kept St. Louis in the game in the first half were second chance points and points off turnovers. They combined in the first half to be 10 to 2 in those two categories. Otherwise, VCU would have had a big lead at halftime. Well, in those two categories in the second half, 17 to 6 for VCU, which explains one of the reasons why VCU blew this game out of the water completely. And that shows you right there. So, I mean, really, it's starting to feel like that this team is finally rounding into form. Of course, again, no Zeb tonight because of the back spasms. How are you gonna how are you gonna reintegrate him? Should he start and should Nelson go back to the bench? And again, if you haven't listened to the pod with Ed Nixon and Matt Shelton Ide, Ed Nixon makes a great case for that. But tonight is a great case that maybe. Jason Nelson should start. Um, you know, so I think that's, you know, 
that's something there. Matt Ball, I think you might be right about Bearstow. Maybe his confidence is that his foot is healed. He's He's got to go to that rim and finish with a dunk because he can do it almost every time, in my opinion. Because these layups, I mean, it's not going to be a big deal tonight because they actually made a few of them. But I just don't want to be talking about missed layups in a game we lose but one or two later this year because we've already done that enough. Uh, Tori Selby, great comment. I love this comment. Everybody was communicating the whole game on both ends of the court. Looking, talking, pointing, moving. So when someone was going for a loose ball or rebound or steal, at least one other person was on the move of the same mind. Great, perfect thing to say, Tori Selby. That is so right because I said it during one of the updates. The difference between this home game and the first two, VCU was doing way better on the 50-50 plays, the 50-50 balls. They were they were winning those, and they hardly won any against St. Bonaventure or George Washington. And tonight at home, they did, and the crowd responded to it because that's the thing with this. You know, this what's great, what I love about the VCU fans is you play great defense or you really hustle, they'll get off their – they will get off their plastic and cheer like crazy for that because that's what they want to see. That is what they want to see. And I'll, t- and I'll tell you, this second unit, it, it really – I mean, that's the thing. When you when you can bring a guy like Joe Bamisil off the bench like that, and that's – and really it's perfect for him. Look at this, 29 points in 22 minutes. That is absolutely bananas. That is absolutely bananas to do that. Holy cow. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to say to that. And the point was, you know, we were there were some of the some of us in our group were like, oh, these last two games, what's going on? Why aren't we playing Joe Bamisil more? Be patient. The time I told you his time will come. Don't worry about him. And I'll say the same thing for anybody else that you wished would get a few more minutes tonight, like Fats or other people. Be patient. The time's going to come. You know, Fermin only played the 19 minutes tonight. That's okay. Him and Lowell, great energy down low. Fermin had a block or two as well. You know, I mean, goodness. Goodness. It's it, like I say, it will all it will all work itself out, and there will be different games where things go uh, the way you want them to, and it's just going to be a beautiful thing. And, and and somebody's going to have their moment, step up and have their moment. But, yeah, Joe Bama still tonight. My goodness. You know, 29 points in 22 minutes is insane, plus the five rebounds, plus a great outlet pass that somehow he didn't get an assist for that led to a dunk. I don't know why he didn't get an assist for that. You know, Joe Bama still, uh, wow. I mean, again, that's the kind of stuff he did at George Washington. And now he's on a team where he's got firepower around him, where he doesn't have – where it's not him and one other guy doing all the scoring. You know, he can just get to his spot on the floor. And if you drive, be looking for him. Be looking for him. But, of course, the great thing about Joe Bamisil, he showed you it all tonight. Yes, he hit all those threes. That's great. But he drove to the basket. How did you look? By the way, let's talk about my favorite play of the game in the first half, and it's Joe Bamisil. You will not be surprised to find out. How did you like? So the ball goes out to Bamisil, and he and and the four and the St. Louis defender thinks he's taking a three, and Bamisil shot fakes, and the defender decides to fly Delta out of Richmond Airport and is in row four or five, and Bamisil drives and hits the little jumper and makes it. 
Oh my God, I love that. It was my favorite thing. That was my favorite thing of the whole game. And that's what Joe, again, Joe Bamisil showed you it all tonight. He had some good defensive plays. He had some nice passes. He can shot fake and drive and hit that little jumper. He can hit the mid-range. Showed you it all. Got all the way to the rim and got layups. Got to the foul line. That's what Joe Bamisil can do. That's why he's so hard to defend. And yes, I can see where some people are like, well, you got to start a guy like that. You don't have to. You don't have to. Because, again, imagine you get subbed in and you're all coming off the bench for the other team, and you see Joe Bamisil, who's the former all-conference player in this league, is coming off the bench at the same time as you. That is not a pleasant experience for whoever it is on the other side. I can promise you that. Uh, the officiating was not great. The amazing thing is Toby Lawal – went that long without a foul, and then gets three of them. And, of course, as is customary, one of the fouls, guy jumps into his chest, and it's a foul on, on Toby, and it's just like – I mean, we probably should stop mentioning it at this point because it's almost standard, but it's just such BS. Uh, and there were some really terrible calls tonight. There were some really terrible calls tonight. There was a couple of late calls that helped VCU that were kind of hmm, – I wasn't like – some of those would have been like if they were called on VCU, I'd gone mad. Yeah, the, the BAM thing, the fake out – the shot fake by BAM and then the guy flying through the air with the greatest of ease, I, I just enjoyed that. More than I could possibly imagine. More than I could possibly imagine I enjoyed that tonight. But it was just everything. After a bad foul shooting game at LaSalle, what do they do tonight? 20 and 25, 80%. So they'll be climbing back up. They'll be climbing up back up the board in that regard. St. Louis, four for 20 from three-pointer. So they'll keep on climbing in three-point defense tonight. That is just fantastic. That's just wonderful. Um, you know, you put the stop on Jimerson. You know, Sincere Parker was really good tonight. Coming off the bench just like Bamisil. Sincere Parker. Actually, it's funny. Sincere Parker did exactly what Bamisil did in the sense he had more points in minutes. 21 points, 20 minutes. But Hargrove, who's a really good player, he had eight points to start the game and then nothing the rest of it. Ezawero, who's been great since he's come, since he's been made eligible, they did a number on him, got him in foul trouble. Larry Hughes hit that tough three, didn't make anything else. And, of course, the job on Jimerson. So they just, they just really lined out everybody at this point, and it was just great. It was just a great effort. And the point is, we've been waiting for this. We've been waiting for them to blow somebody out, to, to show themselves to be that kind of team. Because, again, if you're going to finish up high, you're going to finish in the top four, you got to have nights when you just put the boots to somebody and really smack them. They did that. And remember, this is a St. Louis team that since, they, since the changes in their lineup, since they got people back, all of a sudden they've been kind of frisky. So you can't – so – It'll be easy for people to say, oh, it's just St. Louis. So what? You're supposed to blow a team like that. If they're going to be a pillow fight team and you're going to be a top four team, then you were supposed to blow them out at home. It's exactly what they did, and they did it scoring 85 points. So that's the other thing. We got some really good defense tonight, but we actually married it with the offense that we saw you know, earlier in the conference schedule when we were losing. So that is a really, really – Excellent thing to have, and that's something that should get everybody excited. Now, Tuesday night, and it's a big one. One of those teams in front of us, 
to the surprise of probably all of us, is Loyola of Chicago. So, that is a huge game on Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, CBS Sports Network. Hopefully, I will not have to race home like I did tonight to get here and be able to watch the game with you and do the live pod and all that. If not, it'll, be, of course, be out Wednesday morning. Uh, massive game now because, again, Loyola Chicago's in front of us. This is the only time we're playing them. So just as George Washington's got the tiebreaker on us, you win that game with the Ramblers, you get the tiebreaker on them. Could absolutely be huge. But this is just, again, the vi- this is this has got to be more – this game tonight has to be so much closer to the vision that Ryan Odom had, especially, except for maybe he, maybe he wants them to be taking more three-pointers. But to me, offensively, this has got to be what you want. 60-42 to threes. You shoot the ball well from the outside. You shoot the ball well from the inside. You're going to the foul. You get the parade to the foul line and you make them, make them count. You're out-rebounding the other team, especially in the second half. Not a lot of turnovers. Nine turnovers total, only two to halftime. This is what we've been waiting for. And I got to tell you, I do regret one thing about the pod on Wednesday is that I did not ask uh, Matt and Ed what they thought about – because to me, here's the key. If they're going to make a run at this thing – you want to be seven and two or six and three through the front nine of this of of this of this schedule. When you and and you get through the first half, seven and two, six and three, then you can do something in this conference. Well, they're three and two, so we got four more games to get through the front front nine of this of of, of this golf course. And uh, or excuse me, yeah, yeah, three and two. So we got four more. So we got Loyola, Chicago, home at Davidson, at St. Bonaventure, and then Richmond. Can we can we win three of those four? Maybe win all four, and then we're right there. We're going to be right there for the top spot. Daniel Carter, the Death Star, was binned after the second game. We're not doing no more Death Star memes. The Death Star is binned. They were zero two. They were scoring all these points and getting beat anyway. That's over now. You know, George Mason fans compare us to the monster under the bed when VCU won up there, but maybe we're just Jaws. Dun, 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 dun. You know, maybe we're, the, maybe we're that shark that's about to come up and swallow you whole. That might be what we are, and that's okay with me too. We're on the board at home. Now, Loyola Chicago and what is a big game, and if you win that game and you're 4-2 in the league, you can start to see – Uh, a top spot coming for this team. But it's a huge – these next four games are are, are massive because if you can get to seven and two or six and three, you're right there. So I want to thank everybody in the game thread for the comments. If you're not a member of the VCU Good and the Bad and the Ugly group, join us. Game threads that are fun, uh, live videos when we can do them like this that go out to the podcast – Land uh, tomorrow morning. That would be Saturday morning. Hopefully, you get a li- you'll listen to that before all the college basketball and pro football tomorrow. VCU by the numbers in the midweek around the A10. Keeping our eye on our A10 our, on the A10 conference and what's going on. Tales from the non-conference. Following our non-conference opponents like Memphis stubbing their toe at home against South Flipping Florida last night. 
We follow all our other teams. So the VCU women who've been dynamite so far, we keep tabs on them. Also, if you like what you hear, and I can't imagine you wouldn't like it tonight, as good as VCU was tonight and as happy as we all are, and you want to help us out, shoot us some dinero. There is a link in the description on Podbean and your other podcast platforms to the PayPal. When you donate, we really appreciate it, and we shout you out during one of the live pods as we did on Wednesday, uh, as we did for the midweek pod that we had with Matt and Ed. And again, listen to those. You can go back and listen to them, some of the other special pods, like the one with Beth O'Boyle talking about VCU women's turnaround and those kinds of things. Give those a listen. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy the rest of your weekend with a VCU win. You can put your feet up and enjoy all the games on Saturday in the A-10, knowing that VCU's got a W in the pocket. Hopefully, we will talk to you all either Tuesday night live in the group or Wednesday morning in podcast land. Thank you very much. Have a good night, everybody. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.